Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. It looks like it's going to be a great weekend to play some golf, at the very least. Head out, hit some golf balls, get on the putting green for a couple of moments. It looks like it's going to be a terrific weekend to be outside. I'm looking forward to taking my first swings of the year. I'm really embarrassed to say I I doubt there's too many golf show hosts across the country, let alone the world, that have not hit a golf shot so far this year. But that's the case with me. Looking forward to going to the driving range at Blackthorn this weekend because I'm going to be playing in a golf outing at Blackthorn on Monday. So I'm hoping I can help my team a little bit. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, That first time you go out and play, you have no expectations. You're not thinking about anything. You're just hoping to hit the club face, the ball to the club face, and you just go play. You don't think. And sometimes it goes pretty well. I'm kind of hoping that's the case. Low expectations, and maybe I'm going to be surprised. And I need to get my golf game tuned up because there is another event starting on Monday, and it runs all next week. I want to give you some details on it. It's the 2022 Roseland Rotary Club $1 million hole-in-one challenge. The contest is benefiting the Salvation Army Croc Center. With all the details, we welcome to the Corona Premier Golf Show, Paul Drum from the Salvation Army. Let's just start, first of all, with this hole-in-one challenge Give us some of the details on where you can go to take part in this particular event and what you're going to be doing. Well, it's going to happen all next week. Monday through Friday is our qualifying day. Uh, You can go out on Monday to Elbel between 3 and 7 p.m. Tuesday, we'll be back out at Elbel again between 3 and 7. Then on Wednesday, we're going to go to Morris Park from noon until 4 p.m., and you don't have to be a member there, so you just come on out. And actually, it's a great place to be able to, yeah. to try because there's fewer people that come out to that one. So please come on out to that one. And if you can't make it uh, at, from noon to 4 at Morris Park, come out Wednesday again at Erskine from 3 to 7 p.m. Then on Thursday, we'll be back out at Erskine again from 3 to 7 p.m. And then our last day of qualifying is at Jude Creek from 3 until 7 Now, with all those different sites, Paul, do you have qualifiers coming from all of those sites to then the final on Saturday? Yep, we'll take all the holes in one and uh, the 10 closest to the pins at each of those days and each of those locations. We'll go into the semifinals that will happen on Saturday morning. And it's just a dollar a shot or 25 shots for $20. And you can come as many times as you want and you can qualify as many times as you want. So if you feel the urge and want to take all 10 spots and can hit it well, it's all that'd be great. Now I'm sure most people bring their entire golf bag to this type of event. If you're a golfer, you're going to keep the golf bag in the trunk because you never know when the urge to go play golf is going to take place. But Paul, give our listeners a little idea. Do you guys have a basic yardage you guys are using for these hole in one attempts? 
Yes, all the qualifying shots will be from about 100 yards away. So it's just a short distance, and everybody can hit it 100 yards. So it's real easy for everybody to come out and try. All right, Paul Drum from the Salvation Army talking about the 2022 Roseland Rotary Club $1 million hole-in-one contest benefiting the Salvation Army Croc Center. All right, Paul, so we've got now our qualifiers from Monday through Friday. Uh, Take us to what's the next step in the process in this challenge. Well, those um, qualifiers, all 10 from each of those courses, each of those days, uh, will come out Saturday morning. We'll give you a little tea time. We'll start about 8 o'clock, and we'll go to about 8.20 or so. Each of them will hit one shot from 125 yards away, and then those 10 closest to the pins will get each get one shot from 150 yards away for a million dollars. Just a hundred yard, 125 yard shot for a million dollars, Paul. I can do that in my sleep. 150 <laughs> yards. Yeah, 150 it, it, yards. It, it, excuse yeah, me. It, it, yeah, it is. It is an easy shot for you, Darren. I know. I've seen you play. Yeah, I haven't swung a club yet this year, so I got a lot of work to do this weekend. What I think is great, though, Paul, you got the million dollar challenge, but the finalists, the ten finalists, also basically are winners before they take that million-dollar shot. Exactly. We'll give all 10 of those people a, a nice prize uh, to win. Some of them valued at $50, some up to $200, $250. A lot of rounds of golf. We get a nice gift basket from one of our sponsors. There's a, there's a wide variety of things that people can choose from. And I'm noticing, Paul, there's also going to be a putting contest on Saturday? Yeah, just a little putting contest. Um, we just try to add something a little different there. Uh, where people can just come on out and, and have a little uh, putt off. We'll take the, uh, the two closest, we'll do get two putts, and the uh, total distance from each of those, uh, the shortest distance, will win a prize from that too. So uh, a lot of fun for everybody. You know, Paul, there's a lot of golfers out there that play on the weekend, and they have those little $1 bets going on holes, and you have a five-foot putt for maybe three bucks. You know, that's a lot of pressure. Our, our palms get sweaty. I'm kind of curious, since you've been doing this particular challenge, has anyone – Came close at all to making that $1 million shot? Well, actually, last year was our closest uh, qualifier. Um, they hit the shot, and it was a little low, but it was going right at the pin. Mm. And as it got closer and closer to the pin, you hear the crowd that was standing around there <laughs> going, oh, 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 and it rolled right by, and it went about two, about 12 to 13 feet Ooh. away. So it was, was just like you hear in the golf tournaments, it was hilarious and it was exciting and actually, for me, a little nerve-wracking, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very, very cool, and there's nothing like the excitement of a million-dollar shot. I've been a part of these before, and it is a lot of fun. And the people standing around there, there is a little tension, and you feel the pressure taking the shot, but it is a lot of fun. As we mentioned, the 10 finalists win prizes no matter what happens from that point on. Now, Paul, let's talk about the Salvation Army for a moment. I mentioned this contest benefits the Salvation Army Croc Center. Can you pass along some of the details, some of the funds raised from this event, what it's going to go toward? Uh, Funds raised for an event like this go to helping our Family Resource Center uh, help people in our community that are most in need. Uh, We have programs that help people get out of poverty, like uh, our Getting Ahead classes and our Pathway of Hope with just helping people learn how to get from their situation that they're in out of poverty and get their lives back on track financially and things like that. And then we have other programs that help kids, especially uh, during the school year. Uh, We have a weekend backpack food program where a lot of kids go home on the weekends without food in the cupboard. So we will give kids enough food to cover them for the weekends during the school year. So 
things like that that are helping our community every day that um, are really needed, and, and a lot of people don't know about it. So it's the, the funds that we raise in an event like this go to all helping our community out. And, Paul, I'm going to mention one more because I know WSBT has been involved with this, but I noticed that some of the funds raised from this event will also go toward the Angel Tree and Christmas Assistance program that is really one of the the special programs in our community maybe just a couple of thoughts on that program and what the salvation army does around christmas time every year we have anywhere from 900 to about 1800 kids that need christmas gifts they're the needs gifts they need clothes they need shoes hats coats those types of things and because they outgrow things anybody who's had kids knows every year you can't get the same thing they outgrow them or tear them apart so we try to give those kids those needs gifts we also try to give each kid at least two to three toys every year because every kid should have a toy at, at Christmas time. And then at, uh, the whole family will get an entire food basket that has a ham, all the fixings with potatoes and vegetables and desserts, everything so they can have a great Christmas celebration with the entire family. And we, we do anywhere from you know 1,400 families and those 1,800 kids, that's a lot. And each kid gets at least 50 to $100 worth of, of toys and gifts. So that's a lot of money right there. So we raised the money for that. And it's, you know what? It's probably the most gratifying yeah. program we have. And it's fun to see people walk out of our center with smiles on our faces, knowing that Christmas is going to happen for yeah. them. That is a wonderful program. And Paul, just one final thought. I know with COVID has been just demoralizing so many people emotionally. It's been a tough go the last couple of years. And I'm sure the Salvation Army has been probably helping more people than ever over the last couple of years. Oh, and it, 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 I hate to say it, it has been busy. It's been too busy, and we'd like yeah. it to slow down a little bit, but there are a lot of families that are in need, and a lot of families that typically haven't had a need before are coming to us and saying, this is unusual for me. Can you help? And, and we help them in any way we can, and, and sometimes we can help them, but we refer them to people who can. So when people come in, they know that they're going to be at least getting – their path on the right direction for their lives, and uh, we do the best we can mm. with that. Once again, that was Paul Schramm from the Salvation Army, the Director of Development, and the 2022 Roseland Rotary Club $1 million hole-in-one contest benefiting the Salvation Army Croc Center begins Monday at Elbel from 3 to 7, Tuesday at Elbel from 3 to 7, Wednesday at Morris Park from noon to 4, then at Erskine from 3 to 7, Thursday qualifying at Erskine from 3 to 7, and then Jude Creek on Friday from 3 until 7. Always a great cause. The Salvation Army, this year's Roseland Rotary Club $1 million hole-in-one contest. Plenty of good golf on TV this weekend. The U.S. Women's Open is taking place and also the Memorial at Jack's Place in Ohio. So some really good golf for you to watch coming up this weekend. We're going to take a break. We're going to recap the Senior PGA Championship next on the Corona Premier Golf Show on WSBT. Welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Well, the Senior PGA Championship back at Harbor Shores in Benton Harbor, Michigan last week. Great to have the major championship back in our area. Boy, we've been blessed as golf fans the last few years. We had the Symmetra Tour event at Blackthorn for several years. It's now moved on to South Bend Country Club. So I know it's changed names now, but the Symmetra Tour, basically the minor leagues of the LPGA Tour. Brooke Henderson, now one of the top players on the LPGA Tour. 
won the Four Winds Invitational at Blackthorne, which got her on to the LPGA Tour. Then we had the Senior PGA Championship come to Harbor Shores a handful of times. And then, truly local, we had the U.S. Senior Open at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame in 2019. And still to this day, one of the coolest weeks I've had since I arrived in town in 1998. Beyond the obvious things like Notre Dame football, Notre Dame basketball, calling the Irish hockey games, that week was a treasure as a golf fan, John Foster, then the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, worked on that project for years, got it pushed through, and, man, the golf course looks so good on national TV. We had a great winner. Steve Stricker from Wisconsin went to the University of Illinois, won his first-ever major championship that week, and it was an emotional Steve Stricker. Came so close on the PGA Tour. Never grabbed one of the big four, but he won the U.S. Senior Open. He won our national championship, and it meant the world to him. And it was an honor to have such a great champion here in South Bend, winning it at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. Once again, the Senior PGA Championship back at Harbor Shores in Benton Harbor, Michigan. The Jack Nicholas layout just off of Lake Michigan. And some of the best senior players in the world were present. A couple of names, disappointingly, were not there. Fred Couples and actually Stricker had to pull out as he tested positive for COVID-19 the week leading up to the championship. So Stricker did not have the chance to come back to, I guess, the area where he won his only major championship at the U.S. Senior Open. But this was a unique week. We had a really good leaderboard throughout all four days. You want to see big names on the leaderboard when you have a chance to go to a tournament like this or watch on TV. We want the big names. And there were a lot of really juicy names near the top of the leaderboard throughout the four days. But the guy who won it was one of those under-the-radar players. He might be one of those players you've never heard of from his time on the PGA Tour, the European Tour, whatever small tour he was on. But he turns 50, something clicks, and he becomes a dominant player. And if you follow the tour, he's become a household name. It's Stephen Alker, A-L-K-E-R. And I'll be honest with you, I don't follow the Champions Tour unless there's a major in particular when it's at Harbor Shores or when the U.S. Senior Open was at Warren. So I had really not caught wind of how dominant this guy was coming into Harbor Shores. More on that in a couple of moments. But Alker caught fire yesterday when the rest of the leaders coming into the fourth round were playing right around even par golf on a Sunday at a major Win was a little bit of a factor up at Harbor Shores. But it was a nice, comfortable day to play golf. But there was not a lot of good scoring from the last groups, except Alker. Steven shot a remarkable 8-under par, 63, to win his first major as he beat Canadian Stephen Ames by three shots. The 63 carded by Alker at Harbor Shores. Tied for the lowest final round score in senior PGA Championship history. Now, 
We talked about Alker last week on the program because he was in the lead after round number one. But entering the final round on Sunday, he was four shots off the pace, and there were some players in front of him with major championship-winning experience, including Bernhard Langer. But Alker brought his A game to Harbor Shores on Sunday, and he blitzed the field. Again, while everybody else was one under, two under, you look at the top of the leaderboard, and there was Alker with an eight under par, 63. I had the chance to be in a VIP tent area, which was right behind the 16th green. And to my left, you could watch the golfers tee off on the par 317th. And Alker, coming into our line of sight, put one in the middle of the fairway on the 400-plus yard par 4 with it being a dogleg to the left and water all along the left side of the fairway. It's a dangerous tee shot. If you miss it to the right, there's rough, there's trees, and if you missed it to the right, there was going to be a bunker in between you and the pin, and the pin was tucked behind some undulation. So if you hit the green coming out of the rough, there wasn't going to be spin. It just hit the green and kicked to the back of the green into some heavy rough where the ball would sink very quickly. But what does Alker do? Leading by two shots at the time on his 70th hole of the championship looking for his first major, he gets out a short iron and he sticks it to about four feet for a tap-in birdie. At the same time, Ames on the par 5 15th was making birdie. So those birdies canceled out, and Alker went to the 17th hole with a two-shot lead. And he would close out the tournament par-par. Ames needing to make something happen. Couldn't, made bogey on 17. And when Alker made a short par-putt on 18, he had the golf tournament wrapped up. He had a three-shot lead as Stephen Ames was going to tee off on the 72nd hole. And he got it done. For Alker, he won his first major. Put this into perspective. Just 15 events ago, Alker needed to Monday qualify just to have a chance to get into the field for a PGA Tour Champions event. He had to show up Monday and qualify just to get into the field. Now, he doesn't have to worry about that. His last five starts on the PGA Champions Tour, first, second, first, tied for third, and first at a major championship. For Alker, his win at the Kitchen PGA Championship was his third title of the season. He also has seven top five finishes in his last nine starts. First place at the Senior PGA Championship at Harbor Shores. This is not a bad day's work. $630,000. I think if you finish 10th place, you got $77,000. Not bad, but the winner, $630,000. He just turned 50 a few months ago, and boy, is he taking advantage of this opportunity. And the $630,000 he won at the Senior PGA Championship was what he earned at almost 400 starts on the PGA and Corn Ferry Tours. That one special week, it clicks, and he makes $630,000. Alker was asked 
about the Alfred S. Bourne Trophy, a humongous trophy, one of the biggest trophies in all of sports. He said, quote, first I saw Arnold Palmer. You twist it and you see Lee Trevino and you see Jack Nicklaus and you see Tom Watson. It's an amazing trophy. You see the names and you choke up a little bit. It's pretty cool, end quote. And now Stephen Alker's name will be on that same trophy with Palmer, Trevino, Nicholas, and Watson. On his play in the final round, quote, I just kind of did everything well today, just the whole package. Just stayed calm and made good decisions and putted nicely and drove it better, and that all adds up to a 63, end quote. I think what made the win even more special for Alker was the fact he had experienced players in pursuit of that championship. And once he got the lead, they were pursuing him, but he never blinked. That shot on 16 almost sealed it. Stephen Ames finished second, three shots back, two-time winner on the PGA Champions Tour. Ames on Sunday, a one-under par 70, finished three shots back of Alker. He was 58 years old in the final group with Mike Weir and Bernhard Langer, who won the KitchenAid Senior PGA in 2017. Ames was two under through three holes and looked like he was starting to grab hold of the tournament. He was looking for his first ever major, but made a few late bogeys, and eventually Alker went right by him with that eight under par, 63. For Ames, who had a really nice PGA Tour career, this would have been like Stricker finally getting that major championship. And he's been close recently. This marked Ames' fifth top 10 finish in 2022 in nine events. The next major on the PGA Tour Champions calendar is the U.S. Senior Open, where Ames was in the final group on Sunday a year ago as well, couldn't close it out. Ames said, quote, Here I am, another major, finishing second. It's a step in the right direction, moving closer to number one, end quote was along the 18th fairway, and there was a long delay. The tournament was over. Alker was in. Ames couldn't catch him. Longer hit it to the right of the fairway where there is water and brush and bunkers, and it took a long time to find the golf ball, get a ruling, whatever the case may be, and Ames and his caddy were literally five feet from us, and he was very frustrated. Like, how can we not have an official at a major championship on the 72nd hole? There's only one hole left to watch over, and no one is helping longer. And Bernard is very slow. He takes his time. He takes as long as anyone, even over a three-foot putt. It takes him a while. So it took him took him extra amount of time to figure out what to do in that spot. And Ames was frustrated. Before Longer hit his second shot into the par four, Ames ended up, he was behind the green. He was frustrated. He's like, let's go, let's play. Someone hollered, hey, Stephen, the bar is still open. He goes, thank God. He'd had enough of waiting, but a good week for Ames. Then you had Longer, 43 champion tour victories, 11 majors, looking for number 12, and he grabbed the lead early on the back nine, but made three consecutive bogeys to put himself in a tough spot. Looked like he was going to make history. The 64-year-old was going to become the oldest winner in senior PGA championship history, but it just did not pan out. But for Longer, it was his sixth top five finish at the senior PGA. He won it in 2017. 
an amazing, amazing player. 43 victories on the Champions Tour, over 100 victories worldwide, two Masters championships. When you see his name on the leaderboard on the Champions Tour, you got to get a little nervous, but Alker never blinked with Longer right there with him. Jack Hutchinson remains the oldest winner of the KitchenAid Senior PGA. He was 62 and he won in 1947. In 2017, Longer was 59 years and nine months. Would have been a 64-year-old winner last weekend at the Senior PGA. And we all want big names on the leaderboard. There was a great group of players tied for fourth at minus nine at the Senior PGA. You had K.J. Choi, Miguel Angel Jimenez, Paul Goidos, and Mike Weir, all at minus nine, tied for fourth. Choi had a really good PGA Tour career. Jimenez loves his cigars and his red wine. One of the great warm-up routines on a driving range in professional golf history. If you don't believe me, just go to YouTube, type in Miguel Angel Jimenez warm-up, and you will see poetry in motion. I can't even describe it to you, the calisthenics that he does, but it's pretty funny. And it's pretty cool, and it obviously does the job, as he has been a great player for some time. But just keep the cigars and the red wine coming. I'm surprised there were cigars and red wine left in St. Joe County in 2019 with Miguel playing at Warren Golf Course. Also in the field, Y.E. Yang. Do you remember him? He tied for 33rd this year. He was truly, you could argue, the one guy that stared Tiger Woods in the eyes and beat him. It was the 2009 PGA Championship. Yang was two down on Sunday. Not only did he catch Tiger, he passed him to win the PGA Championship. Overcame that two-shot deficit, one of the great courses in America, Hazel team up in Minnesota. You just look at all the names. There was a pairing on Sunday. You had Tom Lehman and Retief Goosen playing together. I was... Like I mentioned earlier, at the 16th hole, the 418-yard par four. Not many guys made putts. That pin must have been in a very difficult spot. Not a lot of lengthy putts dropped. Woody Austin, who is known for his temper, I think he was the PGA Tour player that took his putter, the shaft of the putter, and hit himself over the head and bent the shaft on a PGA Tour event years ago. Hit it in the bunker. Hit a bunker shot, probably eight feet short, was upset and slammed his bunker a couple of slammed his club, I should say, into the bunker a couple of times. But you know what? He sank the putt and all was well. It was great to see Ernie Els at the senior PGA. Four-time major championship winner. Was a, a top 20 finisher. I saw him on 16, couldn't get up and down out of the bunker on 16 and made bogey. But man, what a smooth golf swing. Big feet, big hands. I mean, a, a huge individual. The guy playing with him was half his size. and just shows you, you don't have to be a monster to be a great golfer. Any size person can be a really good golfer. Colin Montgomery, who is a little hit and miss with the fan bases through the years here in America. He gets a little upset. Normally, he gets more upset when he's playing bad. If he's playing bad, one little noise, and it will totally frustrate him, and he'll go off. We, I remember John Foster, Tim Firestone, and I went to the senior PGA a few years ago. We were on 
the 1617 part of the property, and Colin got upset that someone in the tent area was making too much noise. So not only did he wait, he waited probably 30 seconds longer than he needed to and just stared up into the tent at the people that were making too much noise before he finally hit. Yeah, he overdoes it sometimes, but Montgomery hit it to the left of the green on 16 yesterday and chipped it in for birdie and was very good with the fans. He thanked the fans for hollering, hey, Colin, great shot. He would acknowledge all of them. Mark Hensby was in the group as well. His ball was right next to Montgomery. He hit next, and he knocked it to about a foot. And, of course, he got the aw reaction from the fans, and he won a little more, so he got his putter and his hands and started waving them toward the sky like, hey, make some noise. And, of course, the crowd erupted. It's fun seeing these golfers in a big moment have a little fun with the crowd. Alex Cheka did one of those after he made a good par putt with the fans in attendance. So it's good to see some of these golfers come out of their shell for a moment and have some fun. And as I mentioned, Alker had a two-shot lead coming to 16 and hits that short iron approach shot to about three, four feet, knocks it in for birdie, up by two, a two to play, and he ends up winning by three shots. So another great week at the Senior PGA Championship. And the Jack Nicholas course held up pretty well, 16 under, won the golf tournament. But it was cold and rainy round two afternoon session, or the numbers probably would have been a whole lot better. Darren Clark and Chris DeMarco were in a group together. So fun weekend at the Senior PGA Championship. I know I noticed a lot of Warren Golf Course memorabilia, volunteer hats, polo shirts, caps from some of the patrons at the Senior PGA Championship. So it looked like there was at least a pretty good South Bend contingent up at Harbor Shores. Stephen Elker, who would have thought that a year ago? A guy dominating on the Champions Tour. He wins the Senior PGA Championship. More of the Corona Premier Golf Show comes your way next on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com, and on our free WSBT Radio app. Welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, a live stream available at WSBTradio.com, and on our free WSBT Radio app. Hope your Saturday morning's off to a great start. Darren Pritchett with you here on WSBT Radio. Recently, I talked to the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club, Tim Firestone, about the brand-new venture at Blackthorn, the reserve at Blackthorn, as they are now building houses at Blackthorn Golf Club. In fact, they're being built on the former location of the Blarney Hole. That was the practice hole that was out at Blackthorn. It was kind of that warm-up hole before you started your regular 18-hole round. And as Tim Firestone explained, as time went on, that hole was not as useful as it used to be. And little did he know when he started thinking about different ways to use that property that houses would be built and eventually the reserve well, at Blackthorn was developed. You know, as, as the novelty of that um, practice hole kind of wore off uh, with folks and, you know, golf um, rounds were taking longer. Um, it really kind of people lost interest in playing that hole and we were just basically paying to maintain it. Uh, without really generating 
any revenue from it or, or really having any um, uh, real effect from a marketing standpoint. Um, so we started thinking of different ideas of what we could do with that land. We um, went ahead and had it, um, um, we, we sectioned off about 13 and a half acres. Hard to believe it was it's that much, but mm. it is 13 and a half acres there. And we rezoned that, and we looked at a couple different options. We looked at putting in a, a hotel, um, and uh, that uh, ultimately did not work out. And then um, uh, worked with um, Andy Place with Place Builders about the concept. Um, you know, obviously I'm not a home builder, um, so um, or I've never done a development before. So um, kind of picked. Uh, their brain and, and worked with them in, in developing the concept and then got hooked up with an engineering firm and, and they did a layout for us and we kind of explained we, what we were envisioning um, and um, you know it, it, it took quite the process um, not only uh, does it take a long time anyway but also then with COVID and everything else and the government being shut down and getting approvals and all that but uh, finally got rocking and rolling, I would say, 2020 um, with construction and, and uh, developing and, um, you know, putting the streets in and doing all the excavation work. Um, and just, you know, from a, 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 a strictly financial play, Darren, it was probably uh, by far the most uh, opportune thing to do with that land um, was the housing uh, development. Uh, there are not, um, if I'm, I mean, I, I, if you think about Knollwood and Jude Creek and, and some of the other courses that do have homes on, those mm -hmm. those have been full uh, for quite some time. So there are not uh, any uh, golf course lots uh, available in our area. Um, and then uh, I think a couple of that with the popularity of Blackthorn, um, and then also, uh, back to what we were talking about in the first segment, of having the rental income opportunity uh, for folks uh, who may want to, you know, do an Airbnb where we would use their homes uh, for these groups that are coming in rather than staying in a hotel. There's a financial uh, incentive to, to folks buying in there. Um, Blackthorn is actually building one and uh, probably will start another one immediately after that one. Uh, that we'll use for stay-and-play packages. Hmm. Um, so not only do you have great golf course living, you're, you have access to the golf course. Uh, if you live in, in the reserve, you're allowed to have your own golf cart. So you can just buzz right over. It comes with two memberships uh, to the golf course. Um, so you can, you know, come out and play, hit balls. Um, the old Blarney Hole putting green, <laughs> um, we left there. Um and uh, if you live in the reserve, you can use that putting green to, to practice on. Um, it'll be open just to those residents. Uh, so that's kind of a cool touch. Um, and, um, you know, we're up, I think we've sold, uh, of the 36 lots, I think we've sold probably sold our deposits on 14 or 15 of them. Uh, we have our first uh, couple moved in uh, maybe two weeks ago. Um, and uh, the, we've got two more scheduled to move in here in the next couple of weeks. Um, so it's really kind of off and running here and um, excited about uh, the opportunity and, and uh, certainly um, 
uh, think there's great potential uh, for this development. Um, I will say today and tomorrow, if anybody's interested, we do have a spec home open in the showcase of homes um, from one to six, I believe it is, uh, today and tomorrow, uh, as well as next weekend. So I would encourage anybody listening that wants to come check it out. You can see one of our, our model homes um, and uh, kind of see what the view looks like um, uh, from the development to the golf course. Every lot will have a golf course view. Um, some of the lots uh, are actually right on the golf course. Uh, those are a little bit more expensive, uh, but we have lots starting as low as 55000 um, And um, um, I think that, uh, you know, we're starting to see some decrease in uh, construction, you know, lumber and some of the other yeah. things. Um, so that's helping. Um, but, um, you know, I think that uh, with the housing market the way it is and, and people looking for product, uh, this would be, I would encourage everybody to at least come take a look at Blackthorn. I know most people know this, but just for some individuals that aren't familiar, Tim, if you are pulling into the driveway or the parking lot at Blackthorn Golf Club, where is the reserve located? So when you pull into Blackthorn off of Nymphs, you normally would kind of edge to the left to go up to the clubhouse. On this one, you'll, you'll turn to the right, and then about, I'd say, I don't know, a couple hundred feet down on your left will be the entrance into the development. Um, so it's right there kind of by the main entrance, and it goes all the way up uh, the hill uh, back towards the bypass, and it has a cul-de-sac at the end. Um, and then you come on um, back down and, and exit out of the same way. So, Tim, when you think back, you mentioned that the idea for the hotel didn't work out. And then you decided to create the reserve at Blackthorn with these houses right off the first fairway. When you put all this together, when you started thinking about putting all this together, what was your ultimate goal? I mean, this is the type of place that obviously can be for anyone. But if you're a golfer, I mean, this is exactly what a lot of people have dreamed of is having a house right on a golf course. So when you started to put all this together, were there some things that you felt like you had to do or you wanted to do as someone that is a golfer yourself? And if you live there, things that you might want. Well, yeah, I think, you know, uh, clearly number one was, you know, keeping that putting green there. Um, and having that a part of the community. Uh, we wanted to make uh, the community accessible um, to the clubhouse uh, and to the driving range uh, for folks. So, we have, you know, we're allowing the outside carts. I think the other thing, you know, for us personally uh, at Blackthorn was not only the selling of the, of the lots, um, but for us, again, was to create the opportunity to market Blackthorn uh, you know, as a stay-and-play golf course to these Chicago and Detroit and, and other folks that are coming down uh, and give us an opportunity to, you know, increase rounds and in revenue uh, by having these houses uh, built right there on the golf course. Um, so that was a part of it as well. Um, and, you know, again, as you know, you know working out there uh, on the crew, uh, our crew will be maintaining the HOA as far as mowing, snow removal, um, all those things uh, the HOA provides for the homeowners, we're able to do that in-house. Um, so that becomes a revenue generator uh, for us as well. Um, 
So it was really kind of a perfect storm as far as uh, getting the biggest bang for the buck uh, as we first uh, put it out, uh, uh, you know, to, to uh, put it out there to kind of consider was all the different revenue streams that it could provide for us uh, in the future. I love the putting green that you kept in the reserve. In fact, on Thursday, I was mowing the collar in that area, and there was a gentleman with a bulldozer that was moving dirt around in one of the the new construction areas. He came over and and was talking. He was more curious about how we take care of the golf course and how often we cut this, how often we cut that. But the putting green is a wonderful touch, and it's not like it's just flat. It's not like it's just a, a putt-putt flat golf green i think the great thing about it is there's some little undulations and stuff so it's actually a great place for people to go and practice and you know what it might be eight o'clock at night you can go out and put around a little bit i think it's a great idea tim i think it was a great touch to keep that so i'm just wondering did you model this after any other golf community that you possibly researched or ran across or was this the engineers you hired that picture this and this is how it turned out by what they saw yeah, I would give all the credit really to the engineering for Bandit Marsh, uh, who did this for us. Um, you know, I kind of left it up to them um, to kind of come up with the concept as it fit the land and the lot that we had. Um, and, you know, I'm sure they probably did research some other golf communities, um, but I really left it up to them. And it came with, you know, with probably three or four different designs. And, and ultimately, this is the one that we we settled on, but, um, I thought they did a great job, um, in the way the homes are laid out to ensure that everybody, uh, has a golf course view. Um, so, you know, one of the things that they came up with, for example, is that we don't allow two story homes, uh, for the courses that are the bots that are right on the course. Mm -hmm. So that way on the other side of the street, those are all two story homes Uh with decks on the top floor. Uh, that can see right through, you know, they're kind of scattered the way the houses are built, plus you're at elevation, um, so you can see right down and have a great view of the golf course, either number one, the clubhouse, driving range, uh, et cetera. More coming up on the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. In 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. We are starting to wind down on this edition of the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's a good time to be a golf fan right now, as we documented earlier in the program. A major championship in our market, the Senior PGA up at Harbor Shores last weekend. A terrific PGA Tour event taking place right now at Jack's Place in Ohio, the Memorial with a terrific field. We've got the third round later today, the fourth round tomorrow. Always one of those tournaments people want to win because Jack Nicholas's name is attached to it. And we are not too far away from the start of the U.S. Open Golf Championship at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts, June 16th through the 19th. It's always Father's Day weekend. 
And this was the site of that miracle comeback by the Americans over the Europeans at the Ryder Cup in 1999. Justin Leonard hit that famous putt. The Americans poured out onto the green before the Europeans had a chance to tie the hole. There was a lot of controversy there, but an amazing comeback as Ben Crenshaw was the captain of that American team. So that's going to be a fun challenge for the golfers. The U.S. Open, our national championship coming up at the Country Club in Brookline in Massachusetts starting June 16th and wrapping up June 19th. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Next week, we'll recap the playing of the Memorial and start looking ahead to the U.S. Open. My name is Darren Pritchett. Have a wonderful weekend. Get out and play some golf. And this has been the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass, Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouthwatering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass, Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 